The weather is finally getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year, like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost like the middleman that passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I am so excited. I have two gorgeous, lightweight cashmere sweaters coming my way. One camel, one heather gray. I cannot wait to wear them in the warmer months when it's chilly in LA. Throwing them over my shoulders going to look so cute. Can't wait. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash judging Megan for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash judging Megan to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash judging Megan. And now back to the podcast. Hi, everybody. Have you heard of Instacart? If you have not heard of Instacart, I don't know where you have been living because it saved my life. I don't have to go to the grocery store. I can get my stuff delivered to my house. And if you go to judgingmegan.com forward slash Instacart, you will get $35 off of your first order if you've never ordered before. So I would say get on there right now and skip your trip to the grocery store. everyone. So I survived. Um, I got it. I made it through my surgery in case there's any haters out there that don't weren't hoping I didn't make it through my surgery, which I don't think you'd be listening. But in case um, I'm I'm here, I, I survived. Um, I will tell you, uh, it it is never fun. Um, it's just I'm my guest is on right now. I'm going to bring him in in a minute. But and for my listeners that don't know, I had a giant fibroid removed from my from my uh my lady parts. Let's put it that way so I don't gross anyone out. And um and so I walk into this into the surgery center. I won't say where, but it was it's a big hospital in Los Angeles. And I don't I like I was hoping the next time I got put under was for something like a facelift, a tummy tuck, something like exciting. But no, I had to give birth basically for the third time. And so I'm in this like surgery center and I listen. And so you're there's like sheets between you and, you know, which was really weird. And then they're prepping you to get ready to me what I'd been taking. Right. Because they have the anesthesiologist comes in and he's like, I love your necklace. What does that mean? I'm like, it's um, it's an evil eye. And he was like, what is an evil eye? I was like, oh, no, this person is putting me under. What do I do? Um, and then they asked me questions like, 
Um, have you, have you taken it? Like, what is the last, what, what, it, when's the last time you ate eight, eight hours ago last night? Like the directions say, what is the last medicine you took? The medicine that my, that my OB guy put me on. And, um, I took a vitamin D yesterday and, um, maybe like an, uh, probiotic. Then they're like, okay, do you feel, they're asking me all kinds of questions. And then they go to the girl next to me. Cause I could hear through the sheet. And she, this is, this sounds really strange, but you know how, when you hear somebody's voice, I'm going to bring Joelle in. Hi, Joelle. Hello. Hello. I, I want you, to, I want you to pipe in here okay. and I'm going to introduce you. Don't worry. <laughs> but you know how, when you hear somebody's voice, but you don't like know what you, they look like, you just assume that they mm. look a certain way. Yes. So they asked this, this girl, all these questions are like, um, what, what are the last, what, what did you take yesterday? Have you eaten? Have you drank? Are you weak? All these questions. And the girl's like, well, I took, um, I took a probiotic. I took ginkgo. I don't know what she took. She listed like a million things. And then the late, so then the lady's like, wow, that's a lot of stuff. And she's like, I'm really all about my health. And then the lady goes, and, um, and why are you weak? And she's like, I did so many squats yesterday. And so I'm sitting there like, at the, so I get through my surgery. This is a long winded story. That's almost over. I get through the surgery and then like, I'm drooling, you know, they put me in a corner. Cause of course my husband was late to pick me up and I'm sitting like in a wheelchair drooling and they wheel the girl over next to me. And in my head, she was like this, like supermodel, but like they wheel her over. Um, like, I can't, re I'm not, I'm not trying to judge somebody's physical appearance, but it was like the complete opposite of the person's voice that I was hearing it over, through the curtain. It's just the opposite of what you had imagined. You had imagined, oh, like the complete you know, opposite. something like, coming I was out picturing, of like, yes. Yeah. I was picturing like a charger, Los Angeles Chargers cheerleader. Like that's what I was picturing. And, and then meanwhile you have like of, your girlfriend from around the way is like the one that's like, just like getting No, it was wide. literally like this person in like a, that was like wearing a t-shirt that says um, nine lives and like had a cat on it with purple, like big giant like poofy hair and like it was nothing like the complete opposite of what <laughs> I thought so I just I had to share that story because I thought it was so funny that we picture things in our heads so just yeah. by the way we hear someone right yeah, yeah. That you it's, it's all those that caricatures that we've kind of been imposed to like you know you hear those, those nuances and voices you're like oh yeah that sounds like some like like some five foot four, you know, tiny little human that's like spouting about these health facts. And then you're just like, wait, hold on. You're it was, <laughs> you're, it was you the, look it like was anyone the, else, you know? Like, yeah, it yeah. was the most wild. It was the most wild thing ever. And I was like, wait a minute. I am on, I am on drugs from the surgery. Maybe <laughs> I'm imagining any, this whole thing. But anyways, everyone, I wanted to introduce my guest, Joelle Carrera. Hi, Joelle. Hello. Hello. Everyone that's listening. I'm honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so excited. So I need to tell everyone that um, I found Joelle. I either somebody sent me a video. Joelle is, has a million, like tons and tons of followers on TikTok. And this like 40 something year old suburban mom in Los Angeles is like, what is the TikTok? Like, I don't understand it. I have an account. <laughs> um, 
Danny, the guy that produces my show is always like, Megan, you have to post stuff on TikTok. And I'm so, I can't, I don't understand it. It's so confusing. <laughs> but, um, but I saw this video and Joelle is first of all, drop dead gorgeous, like beautiful human, but also How his, is Megan y'all, if y'all don't know already. Oh God, I look like poo right now, but his <laughs> speaking voice is so beautiful. And he posted this video and I was like, must have that human on podcast immediately. <laughs> and then, and then I reached out and then I didn't hear back. Cause I know you have tons and tons of followers. And then you finally answered me. And so that's how you, how I found you and why you're on today. And I'm just so grateful to meet you. You're physically beautiful, but also I'm going to start the show by saying, um, follow Joel on all of the platforms. So it's me. Joel C is, is his Instagram and his TikTok. Correct. Yes, you got it. You got it. Um, and then at the end we'll promote whatever else you want to talk about, but Joel is a singer and a musician and just an artist and the king of all TikTokers, which <laughs> I'm going to hunt you down to, to teach me how to do those like things where you point. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And it's the typed words and you're like pointing at the air. I'm going to stalk you after this. So thank you so much for coming on. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you again for having me. I'm honored to be on and, um, and even just seeing, you know, some of the, the other podcasts that you've done and I just love what you do. So thank you for having me. I'm honored to be on. Oh, thank you. Okay. So I want to get your backstory. I want to find out all about you. And I know my listeners will love to hear about you too. Yeah. A lot of my, um, I've done, um, I've been doing this over a year. I have a lot of podcasts where I am a very inclusive person. If you know me personally, I I joke all the time on the podcast that I'm a gay Jewish man trapped in a woman's (laughs) body. And we all know that I am a, I grew up Roman Catholic I am not Jewish, but I tend to like really like matzo ball soup and everything that has to do with being Jewish. So I think in a past life, I was a Jewish gay man. And um, so I must I consider myself an ally um, and an advocate for the LGBTQ plus. And so it's very, very, very important to me. One of my goals is to always be supportive of the community and to constantly have guests on from all kinds of backgrounds. Um, whether you're gay, trans, I don't care what you are, but I want everybody to be accepting and know that people are all different and we should all, um, be supportive and be, and know that everybody should be, uh, equal to each other. So amen. I, you just took us to church, girl. I yes. sure did. I didn't go to church this weekend. Don't tell my priest. Um, this is my church. So let's start with your story. Where are you from? Let's talk about your early life. Yeah. Um, born and raised Philadelphia, PA. So I'm a Philly boy. I love the Phillies. I love my Eagles. Even though we lose a lot, it's okay. I will always root for my home team. Um, but yeah, born and raised in Philly and then, uh, went to Catholic school, you know, for, Mm -hmm. for 12 years straight. Um, my parents, I, they mustered up that sacrifice to do that year in and year out for both me and my older sister. Um, you know, uh, I come from an Afro Latino family, so we have both like black and Latin roots, uh, found out that I, we even have some indigenous in us. And so we were always very culturally aware of ourselves and 
we were always uh, well aware of, you know, history and, and how everything worked. Um, growing up culturally, like I was kind of always torn between, you know, that Americanization that every subsequent generation from a traditional family goes through, right? Like it's always the first people, that first generation that comes over to the U.S. and then like subsequently just gets more and more American sometimes. Um, and that was that was my kind of upbringing. It was like this thing where I had this very traditional household, but I was so attuned with pop culture and fashion and art and film and music. And, um, you know, I loved rock and roll and rap and hip hop. And my parents were like, you know, trying to take me back to the island and the motherland with the music that we listened to. So I was glad I was exposed to both because it gave me a really deep and rich understanding and appreciation for both. Um, but then, yeah, I grew up. Uh, in Philly. Eventually, we moved to Jersey. My parents decided that was going to be a wonderful idea to move to Jersey. Um, <laughs> and uh, I still went to the same school, though. That was like the deal. I was like, we can move to Jersey, but you're driving me to Philly for high school every single day. And they did. My parents are the bomb.com. Um, uh, and then, yeah, I kind of went into school, went to college for a little bit. Wasn't really for me. Then, like, you know, I just kind of worked i just liked working i was very independent and then got into like i worked at lush cosmetics i've worked everywhere you can imagine i've worked for at&t sprint apple i've worked for michael you've, done, you've done all of the artists odd jobs I, yes i've served yeah. i was a waiter at olive garden for a long time oh my um, god when i was pregnant i lived for the i've never been there since but for some reason i love those breadsticks and salad <laughs> when i was pregnant they're good uh, they're good. They are good okay that that garlic salt butter thing that they do i don't know what so it good. is it's a, it's a little yeah. they put on that's what makes them so good when you get them they're just oh, they're i so know um, um i just think i love though that you said because this is like i think artistic people come out the way that they are you know similar background i grew up um irish catholic a little bit different went to catholic school my whole life um, but also like, you know, like uh, everyone in my family, I have, uh, two sisters and a brother that are still on this planet and they were really into sports. And I was like, I came out with like a stage name at age three <laughs> and my parents were like, what is wrong with her? So you like, really are a gay man trapped in that. Body. I am a hundred percent. My, really my, um, my name is Joanna. That is my name. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, but I love that, you know, you, we just know as humans, like that we, there's something, especially people that are artistic, yeah. we, we just come out that way. Right. Yeah. We, there, it's, it's so odd. It's like that, you know, don't get me my, my mom and dad were both athletes. My mom was like on the track team. My dad was on the basketball team. Like, meanwhile, like with me, it was just art for me. I was obsessed with video games, art, things that were visual, yeah. things that were like stimulating to me. And sports was never just, it, it never became one of them. Um, I like sports now because it's a social thing. You know, we go with yeah. friends, you go to games, that type of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I would say like around uh, probably like 15 years old or so, 16 years old. That's when like I started to kind of come to terms with all the slurs I was getting called throughout, you know, grade school. Were and, you were you teased, Joelle, like oh as, God, a, as, yes. as a kid? Okay. Yeah, so I, I I did go to um, a predominantly white school, and and I know that people you know can get apprehensive when race comes up and stuff. But I did go to a, a no. I talk white... about race all the time because it's okay. it's okay. very no, very just, important. I never want people. And to, it's also to... important. It's also important for my listeners to hear. Yeah. 
like what it's like for um, somebody that is a little bit darker skinned to go to an all white school. I mean, this is where the more we have conversations about race and differences, the more I think inclusive and accepting people will be. Yeah. And, and awareness is key. I think, you know, like Mm -hmm. how many times have you heard a conversation that was insightful and then you ended up almost repeating that same thing every time, you know, you, that, that situation or that thought came up. I think that, you know, you plant seeds and you hope that they grow. Um, but, uh, but thank you. No, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I did get teased relentlessly, uh, both for sexuality, for skin color. Um, you know, I got called things that like, I've never even heard before, you know, and, and even racial slurs that didn't even apply to me. You know, I was called, you know, people, I I know I look very ethnically ambiguous to people. So I think people have a hard time placing where my, where my ethnicity is from. So they would sometimes just say whatever and hope that it would stick. Um, but I'm a Philly kid. I'm a city boy. So like I can take a licking and keep on sticking. You know what I mean? Like I'm good. Did you, were, did you, cause we're, I mean, the bullying of kids, I Mm. mean, a lot of my guests that have been on and talked about like coming out or whatever, um, they have talked about how those feelings have stuck with them Mm. into adulthood. I mean, I was teased as a kid for being different. I went through a period from like fourth to sixth grade where I was teased and kind of like chubby and not, and like went through my awkward stage. And then I came out a butterfly and look at me now. Yes. Look at you. So, you're, you're, you're having guests on podcasts now. People yes, listen to you. They me. want to listen to you. But, but I will admit like that, I, that has always stuck with me. Like the, the, you, the way that we're brought up, no matter what our backgrounds are, yeah, to be judged for being different or whatever it be, or physically judged for what we look like or what yeah. we're into, it does stick with us. It does. So how tell me about that. So you like you were teased and you kind of like didn't let it bother you, or how did you do it? No, deal with it did. It? Oh my God. I'd be lying yeah. if I said that it didn't at first. Yeah. I'm at peace with it now. It for the most yeah. part. It's funny that you mentioned that it does linger and it's hard to to, to quote Ani DeFranco because I love her. She says to loosen the moment. Oh, I love I love Ani DeFranco. Oh, she's amazing. She's one of my muses. I love her. And get closer. You're oh, not so <laughs> amazing. And she always she's she amazing. says this one line in a poem where she goes, "Loosen the momentum of my teenage nightmares." And I that is such a line that reverberates to this day because for me, it's about loosening the momentum of what has stuck onto you from that. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, during that time, like pretty much from, I would say, like fourth grade all the way up until maybe like age 15, I was pretty I had pretty intense suicidal thoughts. And it took yeah. a lot of support from my older sister. I love her. I always talk about her this way. I always say she saved my life. Um, if it was not for my sister allowing me to feel to have hope in family because you know family is always oftentimes the ones that take it the hardest you know when you're Mm -hmm. coming out and when all of that's when that's happening and i didn't even really come out until i was 15 and i was technically forced out i wasn't even i didn't really come out it was like mom was snooping through things and then she was like hey the way that you're really friendly with this guy and before you know it it was kind of like cover blown um so yeah that was if I'm being blunt, it was the probably the darkest moments of my life. And um, when it comes to traditional households, um, talking about I remember telling my mom, like, Mom, I'm depressed. Like, I'm depressed. Like I said it point blank, I am depressed. And I was told, 
everyone gets depressed. You just, just got to pray. You just got to pray. You have to, you have to surrender your soul to God. And, and that's where you'll find peace. And it was just so insane. Cause like it, it, there's such a layer of complexity with queerness and then just deflecting onto religion. Right. Because like, it doesn't want me <laughs> that doesn't, it's telling me that I like, it's adding to what I am feeling. It's not, it's not conducive to me. Um, me and my mom are leagues from that, that day. We are in an excellent place. She's actually one of those people that does not believe any gay person is going to hell unless they're just a bad person. Um, but yeah. And also it's so common. Sorry to talk over no, you that, good. that like it's so met. I mean, I would say I don't really have one gay friend that, didn't have like that maybe I have one that's family was like welcome and like accepting right away you yes, know yes and and as far as your mom goes it's a taught behavior of an of an older generation yeah. yes. that does not was not taught to and educated on how to deal with depression and a lot of times especially with men it's you're supposed to push down d depression and not talk about it. And then uh, add on the additional layer of holding in this dark secret that you've been told growing up Catholic, which I talk about a lot, mm -hmm. um, that it's, you're not, you're, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. This is a sin. You're going to hell. All the things that we're told, you know, if, if we're, if, if someone is gay. Yeah. So that, that, pain. I mean, I know that I'm a straight white woman and I have Catholic guilt, you know, even thinking about sex and yeah. I'm married yeah. to my yeah. husband and yeah. it's yeah. and it stays with you. So it's so common. And so, and also just so you know, and I've talked about this before, I don't think I have one friend of mine that has come out that has not thought about killing themselves. Yeah. I, I, the the thing that people don't understand about I, and i think a, a lot of people are so they think that the idea of um normalizing gender expression at a younger age is very radical and i understand that you may think that that's radical but you also have to understand that on the flip side of not being validated of those emotions and not letting that that individual because that's a human. It's a human being. They're formulating mm -hmm. an identity. You know, they have to. That's what we do as humans. We we live, we experience, and then by proxy, we we mold and formulate who we are. And on the flip side of of not validating and not letting people like express freely, you have this um, this this pigeonholing, and you you kind of uh, silo everyone into this into this uh this box where they feel like they can't talk and then you have like higher suicide rates you have you know th things are, are it's domino affecting and um so yeah i always um i'm a big advocate and i know that it's i hear a lot of people have a hard time grasping like gender expression now i know that's like pretty much the hot buzz um you know queer issue right now because us gays we got our we got our marriage you know what i mean and, and we're kind of like we're off here now but now there's deeper things to dive into with queerness. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's the important thing about, you know, when you're young, you to, to give a, a mic to that person yeah. to speak like these are these are their kids like they don't have the mental fortitude that hell, some adults don't even have the mental fortitude to get through these types of things. So I just kind of feel like a lot of empathy goes a long way in those scenarios.
Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I am with you 100%, uh, Catholic guilt and, uh, or even just faith guilt. I don't think it's, I don't think it's exclusive to Catholicism. I think that it's something that people who have traditional families or very, uh, traditional or regimented or, or reverent religions, that's mm-hmm. what's going to happen with them. You know, it's a very black or white world and you don't want to disappoint mom and dad. And you don't want to disappoint a power that you don't know whether it's going to actually smite you or not. You know, like it's you're caught in a very delicate place mentally. So, yeah, it's so true. And then also on top of that, you're like, I like we being taught like whatever your religion and Christianity, like I just have to be on this earth. I'm a soul. I want to like I'm my purpose is to like be here, be a good person and then go to heaven. Right. Well, I've talked about this all the time pretty much every podcast that we're souls were put here for test yeah, and we're all different. And like, as we both know, my God, your God, I'm sure if you believe in still believe in God, like there's a reason why we're all different. And we, we were born this way, not to yeah. quote lady. Gaga. No, no, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's listen, she knew you what know? she was doing when she, when she named that song. Okay. Yeah. She was like, it's, people say this regularly. So I'm just going to, yeah. I'm going to hashtag this. Yeah, um, right. So no, yeah, no, I'm uh, 100% agree. 100%. Well, okay. So then you so then you come out not on purpose at 15. Yeah. And that was difficult. Yeah, I would say like at that point, um I would say that like my depression hit its peak. Um and I know that this is going to sound very aggressive, but times have changed again me and my mama, we are good now. But I was grounded for years after Mm -hmm. that so like i I was 15 and i had two like female best friends and um they she literally like banned me from ever seeing them and ever doing anything except pretty much just going to work and i worked at circuit city at the time when i was 15 um and you did have all kinds of jobs i really did bro (laughs) i really did um so yeah i uh and i would and now i mean she could know this now because i'm a grown-ass man but yeah. Um, but I actually used to survival tactic. I used to like tell my mom I was working on days I wasn't working and I would literally get dropped off at work, but I would have my friends pick me up from work and then I'd go out with them for the day and then like have them drop me off. Thank back God you home. did that though, because you had to find like your own survival. If I didn't, I probably wouldn't be yeah. here. Yeah. I probably yeah. wouldn't be here. Cause like, I felt so alone. You cannot do that to someone like that, you know? And, yeah. and again, we've rectified me and my mama. I love her to death. Um, but yeah, it was, that was a tough, tough time for us. If there was ever a time that me and her were probably most divided, it was at that time in our lives. And she was the parent that I was closest to, which was like twice as devastating, you know, like it's always, they always say, right. Like mama's little boy, daddy's little girl. Mm-hmm. It's always like the, the relationship dynamic that naturally plays out for the most part. And that was just rough. Like, you know, I love, I adored and my mom was like my goddess, you know, like I loved her. I mean, I still do, but like at that time, it's like, damn, like you are, you occupy probably the most vulnerable space in my spirit right now. And to hear you and see you act this way really really sucks. And so, you know, self-preservation, right? You kind of build a cocoon around mm. your heart to make sure like, Hey, listen, you know, unless you don't want me to hate you, I gotta, I gotta do some like, you know, distance makes the heart grow fonder type of thing here. And- I feel like too, it's like, I hate to say 
like it's like I just touched on a little while ago. It's not her fault. It is a learned behavior. But it is. is like if you were close to your that parent, it's like they're your that they, they, you lived in their body, yeah. you know, it's just, I'm a mom. So I, I'm like, but I also understand being a parent that you just want what's best for your kids. There's and not, so your there's mom, no manual. And that's why yeah. it took a long time for me to not be angry anymore. It took a long and yeah. therapy. I did go to therapy, obviously. Well, think, I mean, I talk about therapy. Therapy saved my life. You know, Joelle, I was just so you know, I was also suicidal several years ago and got to the worst place of my life and pulled myself out and my therapist helped save me. And I think that um, the more people we get in, I mean, our world is it's psychotic right now. The more people we get into therapy, the better off we'll be, you know, I totally agree with you, Megan. I totally agree. So I, is your I, did your mom end up going to therapy or like I mean I don't want to jump ahead no, but I no, really no, want to No, it's okay. Girl, you jump wherever you please. This is your okay. show. Um so yeah, she she did um I think this you know, the stuff hit the fan when mm-hmm. uh it was junior year of high school and oh my god, th- this this sounds so weird to even say, but I actually I had failed religion. Like I was going to college and I failed religion class. So how did how do you fail religion? That is the <laughs> if I got a dollar for every time I was rebutted with that question, they were just yeah. like, how? Like how you went to school? That was that's like school. an easy, like even I did well in religion. I, and I know, was the worst. I know. It was it was my whole thing was that like my depression got me to things that I, I just wouldn't do homework and like things yeah, like assignments were weighed heavily. And then all of a sudden like yeah. I wasn't turning anything in. So I had to go to summer school for um of religion but i remember being terrified to tell my mom and i asked shout out to miss abernathy i don't know if you're still around girl but shout out to you miss abernathy (laughs) um she was uh the head of guidance at the time and she called um my mom in and she just like sat her down in a chair and i sat behind my mom which was so weird because usually they like sit you side by side but in this particular situation they made me sit behind her Mm-hmm. and almost like she was the student it was very interesting and then they were just like so you know here's where we're at joel's gonna have to go to summer school for religion or for theology that's the proper term right um, mm-hmm. um but i also want to touch on something else because he's made it abundantly clear that there's struggles going on in his life he's gay like here's my my catholic school guidance counselor going he's gay he's gay Nothing's gonna change that. And, I love Mrs. Abernathy. I know. And I can already tell I would love her. And the tears just, just came out of my mom's eyes. Like my mom didn't scream, didn't fight. It was just a thing where I think she had to succumb to a realization of this isn't a me thing. I I have to respect what's at at will here. Like there is something bigger than me at at play here. And I think she realized that. My mom is very big on like God's will, right? So like I think she realized in that moment, this is beyond my control. Like this is what's this is what I'm being told. And I think she kind of realized, okay, this is what I'm this is my path. This is my journey. And it wasn't an argument. My mom actually even hid the fact that I had to go to summer school from my dad, because my dad would have flipped. And she hid it from my so my dad, God rest his soul, um, 
he went to the grave. He never knew I went to summer school for theology. Um, oh and gosh. that was just kind of like, that was the beginning of a turning point. And then my mom, and this is where my mom, she really rectified the situation on her end. She went and had conversations with people. She sought out conversations. She sought out guidance from close family friends who had queer friends, who had gay friends, and who she knew. And she wanted to get an adult, unbiased perspective. Help me out here. And all those like family friends, as I grew older and, you know, and I was old enough to know these things, they were like, I want you to know your mom came to me and talked to me during that time. And and hearing that my mom did that, my mom never told me she did that, but it was just what one does when they really care to understand their kid at that point. I think at that point, you know, reality hit her. There is work I need to do here. I'm not perfect. And, and in order for me to have a good relationship with my son, something has to give here. And I, and, and I'm just, I know that that is not a story that not many people get to say, and I don't want to get emotional because, like, I'm so proud of how. Get emotional. I mean, I'm emotional. I'm so proud of how. I, far I my cry mom's every from. podcast. Yeah. And um, and yeah, I just adore my family. I love them, and we've just grown so much. We've been through so much too. So, um, yeah, it, all's well that ends well. It does get better, even if your mom is or is not in the picture, or your parents are or aren't in the picture. It will always get better. I have never had a situation play out in anybody's who I know's life that it just didn't get better in some capacity. And I'm really glad that my sister created a safe space for me to just talk. She never yeah. judged me. She made me feel so valid and so sane. And I just, I, I would not be here talking to you, Megan, if it were not for my sister, because I would have totally justified going through with the thoughts that I was having at the time. Yeah. And that's, and the thing is, is like go, to go back to your teacher and your mom, that was like, it's like a moment. I'm sure where your mom was like already like, how did this, I have to fix him. This can't happen. And to have a teacher, especially in a Catholic school, come out and just be like, this is like, your child is gay. Yeah. And your mom was probably like, what? Like, like she was probably like needed to hear somebody tell her that. And so she could get to the, to the place where she needed to be to do the work and ask the questions and get to where she is today. And thank God you had your sister. Like you said, we all have, we all have, like, I believe people that are like, like you, I lost my dad when I was 13 to um, cancer and my best friend, I met the very next day and she was my savior. Um, she passed when I was in my late twenties. Oh my God. God. Yeah, I know it's a lot, but she was my, like your sister. She was like my person that I would be like, you know, like she saved me in a lot of ways. And if I wouldn't have had her, I I don't know how I would have gone through those like years of like my teen years, especially. So I I believe like a lot of times, like you say, we're supposed to go through these kinds of things to get to the place where, where we're supposed to be right now. And, and, it, and we can get through everything. And I talk about that all the time. Like life is a series of challenges and tests and it's yes. peaks and valleys and all the things that they say. Yes. And, yes. um, and that's how like life is. If it was easy, like, you know, it wouldn't be life. <laughs> I, th- well, that's a, yes, it wouldn't be life. And I think that we wouldn't have purpose. I know that that sounds mm-hmm. really 
almost like cynical to say, but genuinely the human condition and the human dynamic is, is built off of curiosity, experimentation, experience, experience. living, being inspired, being hurt, uh, learning pain. All of that is, is uh, it's all a part of that wheel that keeps that bus going in life. Right. Yeah. If we don't have those dips and, and valleys and all of that, life becomes a very mundane, repetitive record and nothing is exciting. And I hate to say it, but usually when I hear people that are adults talk about their depression, oftentimes that is where their train of thinking is at. It's at a place where I don't have anything else. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's, it's just a giant just shrug a giant to them. Shrug. And I, and that's when I get the most worried is when things become a shrug to people that means that the importance of, you know, of certain elements in your life is missing. We got to get you, we got to get you yeah, reinvigorated, and, and, you know? And you have to, there has to be people, more people. Like, I think part of the reason not to like get back on my soapbox, but part of the reason why we have so many issues in our society, specifically the United States I'll talk about right now, yeah. is because I think there has been so so much divisiveness mm. and um anger and the way that people are brought up and told that things are wrong and you know it drilled into people's heads and there's we have such an issue in our country with mental illness and mm. you know nobody just like it continues to like worsen and worsen and nothing's being done and i think the more people that step up like you and, and say like, this is me, this is my story. This is my authentic self. This is what I went through. I was depressed. I was suicidal. The better off we'll be. And then it's just like this little seed that will build. I hope no, rather it, than right the, right rather than the sea of like anger and like, you know, people attacking each other because what it really comes down to is not understanding and being oh, yeah. threatened, oh, right? Yeah. I would I would say that for sure. That's, I think, at the very top of that pyramid, right, of a yeah. social dynamic. I think right below it is that we've also donned an era of if a person likes my status, I'm right, and someone agrees with me. And I think it's a, also a thing where we feel very emboldened um, to find solidarity even mm-hmm. in situations where education might have not been sought out. Um, we just live in a day and age where social media has validated us to extents that we probably shouldn't be validated. Um, you know, it, it, the fact that people can go viral for very bigoted statements and uh, very hurtful and harmful statements. I've seen them on TikTok. I've seen them mm-hmm. go viral with 300,000 plus likes and so many comments and people clowning you know the person the people that that's making fun of and i just you know that's the thing we live in this day and age where we can develop a community with anything unfortunately fortunately and unfortunately it's a a dual-sided coin you can find it's a a crazy thing it's a crazy thing because on one side of the coin social media has brought like for you, like you have millions of likes on TikTok, right? And there's all these people that are like, I love what you're doing. You're beautiful. Mm-hmm. You are the way that you are. Yeah. And then yeah. there's the people that are coming in, don't understand. We're taught a certain way. I think are like 
there's a reason why they're so angry. So like, this is not the norm. We well, want how the dare you? Back. It's the how dare yeah, you how factor. Dare you. It's it's how dare yeah. you be so unapologetically and unforgivingly yourself and so comfortable about it. Like how what who do you think you are? And that's the thing. Like people, they have a hard time with nerve. You know what I mean? And and I feel like yeah. women especially, women really get that. You know what I mean? The moment that a woman becomes assertive. The, the narrative behind that woman can change instantaneously just because of, of the simple fact that how people just expect women to be docile and just like obedient, you know, like that type of, you know what I mean? So I think I think that what it stems from, too, is like being like I've been pushed down a lot of my life, like mm -hmm. the, like especially like in recent years, women can be very mean to other women. I've talked about this before. And you know, there's all these factors that go into like, you know, being, you know, having a certain thing, looking a certain way, whatever it is. When I finally got to the point, probably like you, where I went, you know what? I have freaking nothing to lose anymore. I don't give two Fs what you think of me. I'm finally free. I'm I'm going to take what I believe I'm supposed to be doing with my life and help other people you don't have to like me. I don't care. Like I'm doing something I love to do. And aren't you and I think aren't like, you, yeah. And then, and now I love it. And now, I mean, I, I I'm not going to lie. I still suffer from like my bad days and my depression oh, yes. and my anxiety. Cause I'm human, yes. but I also am like, I get to like meet freaking rock star people like you and people like you and I, and a lot of my guests that have, I, I have on, have like these hearts and these missions in life where they're supposed to talk about their stories and their trauma to try and better like things. So I try to think of social media as yes, I hate it. Yes. Like I'm terrified of what my two little girls are running into. I don't allow them to be on it. One's 11, one's seven. But I also like through social media have like connected with Kids from third grade, people that, you know, there's so many great things about it, but then there's just so much, so many horrible things about mm. it too. It's a, it's yes. a crazy yes. thing. Yes. It's a crazy and, thing. And that's when I say, you know, the answer is always in the intention, always remind mm -hmm. yourself to just be the change that you want to see. You know, when mm -hmm. I see that things are getting a little hasty and, or I'm getting hate because that happens, you know, I'm a guy that does makeup. So of course I'm going to get tons yeah. of hate. Um, you know, when that happens, I just remind myself that like people will always have something to say. Yeah. Let's talk about that. So you, so like, I kind of skipped ahead, like your story of high school and like it's coming okay. out, but I want, I want to talk about like, so you finally, like, let's go back a little bit and talk yeah. about like how you got to the place that you're in now. Yeah. You're still very young. You're like literally, like I don't know why Paul Rudd was on the cover of People's Sexiest Man Alive because it should have been you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you are way you, too sweet because Paul. No, Rudd you're, you're is gorge. The, you're gorge, and I'm a married woman, but you really are. And, and you're gorge, like in the different way. Like I've seen you with no makeup and makeup, and it's pretty. <laughs> you are. The it's pretty sweetest. amazing how great you look you. both ways. Thank you. So let's. Let's talk about like what, how you, 
like got through did you you stayed in college you worked at Olive Garden Um, (laughs) all of the different odd jobs that you did yeah do you want to share with me like how you got to where you are today yeah so uh I went to college for two years it wasn't for me I you know you know I'm just gonna go into working um worked at you heard the barrage of places I worked at um I actually jumped into my first relationship when I was 20 years old and then I was in that relationship for five years um, wow. and I live with that, that person. I am still friends with that person, even though like we're no longer together. Um, yeah. and I, and I know them and their current partner love them to pieces. And, um, I would say like during my twenties, it was kind of an odd thing, right? Because like usually in your early twenties, a lot of people are not locked into a long-term relationship. Um, mm-hmm. but during that time, since I lived with them, it allowed me a lot of time to like experiment with different things. So I I got to like recording more music when I was living alone with them. And then um, I I started to like learn about makeup, but I never really got into it. And then uh, we had broken up and uh, I had moved out, moved back in with my parents. Um, And then about three months into me being back home with my parents, maybe four months being back home with my parents. That's when dad passed away. Um, How did your dad pass, if you don't mind me asking? Um... It it was like a, a heart situation. Okay. He had like an afibril like an a defibrillator and a fib machine. Like it was both of them at the same. It was like the pacemaker and the defibrillator at the same time in the heart. Um, it was supposed to be a system that like notified the hospital if like anything went wrong. And mm-hmm. well, something went wrong. It actually happened on my parents' anniversary, sadly. And, um, no, it's, it's totally fine. If anything, was he sick? Was he sick for a while or was it just something? Yeah, he had like a certain, yeah, he had like so many health issues. It was ridiculous. He was a welder. And so he had like herniated discs and crushed discs in his back. And then he was like teaching music, you know, like to, to give himself like purpose because he was the breadwinner and you know how that is like to go from breadwinner to like not being able to work is devastating on the mental um, but yeah, he, um, it, he ended up having like an episode and, uh, th- the hospital didn't even know. I crazily, the hospital called us like three months after he passed away saying like, Hey, his machine isn't giving us a reading. And we were like, yeah, it's cause he's been dead for a couple months now. Thanks. No. Thanks. Yeah. It was actually yeah, it was like, actually yeah, like- there was, there was a lot, uh, <laughs> that went on emotionally for us during that time. Um, but at that time, then I was like in this era of like, you know, mom was alone at home now and I was living yeah. with them and, and there was a whole house and like, I worked full time, she worked full time and then like taking care of the house. It, it, it started to not for anything, almost put strainers back on me and mom's relationship because now you have like, you know, you have a grieving mom who, who just lost her husband and now I'm the only other male in the household. So it was kind of this thing where it kind of gave her a lot of time to focus on me when I don't really need to be focused on. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it, it was a little, there was an adjustment period there and I didn't feel comfortable leaving right away. You know, you don't want to just leave your mom like that. And um, Mm -hmm. once probably like three years later, (laughs) obviously a a while later, uh, she ends up going like, Hey, um, I got a job offer in New Mexico. Would you be okay if I did that? I'm like, do it, go. Go for it. And then, like, literally the very next day, I was already apartment hunting. And by December, I was already out. Like, and then she moved to New Mexico. My sister moved to Austin because um, my sister was in D.C. before. And um, and yeah, like then quarantine happened. 
And oh my gosh, so this is pretty recent. Yeah, this is literally yeah. Like my dad passed away five years ago. It'll okay. be it'll be uh, six years this coming. Actually, no, it was six years ago. Right, 2015, 2015. Yeah, so it was six years ago this year. Um, so yeah, it was very very recent. I've lived here now in this apartment for three or four years now. So literally it was like, you know, soon after he passed, it just kind of happened very quickly. Um, and just being bored in quarantine, I started doing makeup. I, I like, I always was practicing. I tried to do drag for a little bit. Wait a second. You just started doing makeup in, in quarantine. The way that, the way that as seriously as you see me doing like the full glam it. looks and everything. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I started <gasps> doing that in 2020. Okay. You got Everyone, you need to look at his Instagram. He is, I mean, it's amazing. I need, like, if I lived there, I would be like, can you do my makeup? Oh, girl, like, if you're, you're so, ever here, if you're ever in New York, if you're, you're ever in so D.C. You're so talented. Philly. That's, and and you could, by the way, do drag. I, I, like, Thank you're gorgeous. You. I, I so would. Did you, it's just a little did too you do it? for me. It, it's a little too. I, I, um, I got my taste of it when I befriended pretty much every drag performer in philadelphia and yeah. just the dynamic of like the cattiness and the you know the yeah <laughs> i'm not about that life because i'm a city boy and i'm very much like what did you just say like i'm very yeah. you know what i mean i'm very like i'm not super confrontational but i'm like i'm not gonna let you like disrespect me so they can get very very particular and i'm not i'm not about that vibe i i, I like my piece i like you yeah. know, it's you know drama. My, my art is not something that like People who make the same art, I don't know if how I would take to them being so brash about it. Because when I hear other queens talk about other queens' drag, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, you you would not appreciate someone talking about your stuff like this. And um, so, yeah, that's the only reason I don't do it. But I go and support all of my my drag and burlesque performers. I love them. I adore them. I will always support them. Um, I love, I love, um, I love watching drag. It's like when I'm actually for my amazing. birthday. Several of my friends and I are going to um, Hamburger Mary's, which is like oh my god, yes, yes, in yes, LA, yes, in West Absolutely. Hollywood, yeah, yeah. And and I have a friend from acting class years ago when I was still acting that is a pretty big um, performer now. So we're I'm going to go see them perform. But um, I can see, <laughs> I can tell there's a lot of like drama and like cattiness. And yes, you, I. Yeah, I can yes. see that. And if you're a person that like me, I'm just a no drama person. Yeah. And even when I like go and hang out with my drag and, and burlesque performer friends, it, I always have to like remind myself, like, don't get too emotionally invested in these stories. There are stories about people that, <laughs> you know, it's a thing where like, it's kind of like, oh, you won't believe. And, oh, and girl. And, and yeah, I'm, 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 but I'm it looks so fun. Like I would love to do a drag, but I'm like, I would have to be like Victor Victoria. And I don't want to do like drag where I'm a man. I want to be like, you know, you like can. You can. I want to be like Barbara Streisand or you like can. do something. You, who says I you know. can? You absolutely I know. can. In my absolutely. next life, maybe. There's many There's life. many terms for that. There's uh, there's people who call that like hyper queens. Um, okay. there's, there's some people who I, I believe it's it's not the proper term. Some people call it bio queen um, because it's supposed to be like biological female queen type of, you know, mm-hmm. but I think. The, the main thing is hyper queen. I think it's supposed to be this thing of just like highly, highly feminized. Um, well, I know I can lip sing really well. There you and go. I, you, yeah, I just feel like battle. I that's feel like I'm at some point going to get out on stage and do it. You can't. You're doing it now. This is you stepping out on stage. 
I do. I will have to send you video because I did perform at one point with um two performers and I was pretty proud of Please my performance. Please do. I need to see this. Please do. Um, okay, so then I, I'm i still in shock by the fact that you just started doing that during quarantine. It's amazing how quickly people can evolve to, to talent or yeah. you just had it and didn't know that you had it, maybe. Yeah, I mean, and when I went to uh, to like Arcadia University, that's mm-hmm. when I went to uh, to college, I did study like graphic arts and I was acclimated with visual arts like I did go to art classes in high school and stuff like that and and I'm good at visual arts but makeup for me was always this very disconnected thing where like I never could understand why people were so into it and why it was such a big deal but then I don't know how it got a hold of me the way that it did and you know I'm gay so it's naturally shiny and sparkly things just kind of like appeal to me and oh, uh, hello. Before you me know too it. that's why I'm a gay man trapped <laughs> in a woman's body and before um, you know it we're here uh, okay, so let me ask. So then how did you get on to the TikTok? I, I'm joking. I, I want to make myself even older. How did you like get to this like superstardom on TikTok? Just did this all happen during quarantine? Yeah, this literate. So I actually oh my was posting before quarantine. I, I think I posted my first TikTok like in April or like okay. March or something like that. It was very basic. And um, nothing, I didn't gain any, like no, nothing like really blew up. It, nothing blew up until I think it was like June. I think it was June because I think it was around pride and I had done a rainbow eye look and okay. I had put rhinestones all over it. And I had lip sync to uh, that. I'm, I'm assuming you've watched Mean Girls. Um, the, of course I have. <laughs> so the scene where, <laughs> um, uh, the scene where Lindsay Lohan's character goes and she's like, is there alcohol in this? And then she goes, oh God, honey, no. But if you would like some, I would prefer that you do it in the house. That, that little, I like, feel like I saw this video. Okay. I have it pinned yeah, in my I've, profile. Yeah. I've seen it. I saw it. It's I, amazing. So at the time I was, uh, you know, doing zoom hangouts with my friends because, you know, we were quarantined. Um, and I was watching RuPaul's drag race via oh. zoom with my friends. And I had posted that TikTok, closed the app, put my phone away, watched Drag Race, kikied with my friends, went to bed. The, and then the next morning, I opened up TikTok and, you know, the little like activity banner, you know, like it showed like Instagram, it like tells you, like, oh, you got this many likes and this many comments. So like that little thing popped up and that little banner went across like the entire bottom and it had like. 40 it had like for the follower icon it was like 43,000 something and then oh it was gosh. like I actually thought something crazy happened like I got hacked or canceled or something wild I thought happened I go on my page and it showed me that I in fact did have 40,000 followers overnight um and so many comments so many likes and like within like a week it had 3 million views that video and then like half a million likes i had never in my life experienced anything like that the only thing that was close that i had experienced to that point was that morphe uh the the cosmetics company they had reposted one of my pictures on their instagram and that was and that was only like a couple months into me doing makeup so like you know that was like the biggest thing that ever happened but that wasn't anything crazy but this was wild and i had never had it and people were just like oh my god this is hilarious this is gold 
And I, I didn't even want to post. I didn't, I was like, what do I do now? Like, once you, once you do a post like yeah, that. Yeah, because like, then you're do? like, oh my gosh, I have this post. <laughs> what, like, then what is the next post? You're like, right. hi, it's and that's me, the thing, Joelle. Right? It's, it's a nine second post and it doesn't give me yeah. much insight into what people actually liked about it. Like, was it the makeup? Was it the, the fact that it's Mean Girls? Was it the fact that it's like a, me acting it out? Like, what was it that you guys all liked about this? Well, no, I can tell you me personally why I liked it, which this is just me personally and why, like I said, like a weird, crazy lady stalker, I found your profile and like, you have a beautiful voice. It's like spoken word that you do. And then you're, you're physically beautiful, but then you also have the acting ability where I see a lot of people try to do these like voiceovers <laughs> on, the, on the tick, on the tick, the old TikTok, And, um, and they're like, they're not good. They're, you know, you're kind of like, oh, okay. And everybody and their mother is, is on there, including myself, who I'm so embarrassed. I don't know how to do anything. So I really am going to be like, Joelle, help me. We all um, learn somehow. I will gladly help you, girl. Gladly. I just, I, it's like, it's so confusing to me. And then there's also like, my next question for you is once you got all that, like that, those accolades and all the praise they're like, I'm having a doctor actually come on next, my next episode to talk about what Instagram and Facebook do to teenagers, mm -hmm. but also what it does to our brains. So mm -hmm. I know personally, like, I, I mean, I obviously don't have even a quarter as many followers as you do, but I'm talking about on Instagram, but I have gotten hate before. And I'm like, why are you being mean to me? Like, I don't understand it. And it, and it does kind of like mess with my head a little bit. Mm. How, how, like, what, how do what I, is, like, like, how do I deal with that? Yeah. How do, how do you do that? And how did you get to the place where you were like, when you had all of that, that like those, those like that praise where you like, oh my gosh, in your brain, like I have to keep going. And it's like an addiction. What, what yeah, happened that? Definitely. Like the first thing was like nervousness because it was like, what do I do now? Like I was like, mm -hmm. so like all these people just subscribe to my content and I'm like, I don't even know what the hell to make for them. And like, I was just being stupid. But here's the thing about me. I'm a bit of a, a rare millennial that my, even though I'm a social media influencer and all of that, I am so disconnected from my phone. If you notice this entire time, I have not even looked at my watch. I've just been mm -hmm. here. I haven't even, I have not looked at my phone. I don't even know where my phone is actually now that we're talking. And um, I'm just like, I've always been that person. I've never liked being disconnected from reality. I've always liked being present and in the moment. That's just who I naturally am. It's not like a flex. It's not something that I taught my, it's just naturally I've just been about me just doing what I like doing. Um, so at first it was a freak out, but then I remembered like you were literally just being stupid and yourself and you were literally not thinking about this. You need to continue to not think about this. So, and that's what I did. And then before you knew it, a second one went viral and a third one went viral. And now to the point where like it truly, it, it, doesn't even phase me. If a video does well, I'm happy because it, it gets me to a, a more people that maybe didn't see me before. But I'm not I don't uh, define my success based on likes, comments, shares or or notoriety. My purpose is never derivative of anything that could be as fleeting as a social media platform.
And that's always a constant thing I, re I remain. So that's number one. Number two, I keep friends around me that are even less involved with social media than I am. And those people are the people that will remind me if for some reason I start to get into a place where I'm like, oh, I have to like, I have to do that sponsored post. Oh my God, I'm so behind on these posts. They'll sit there and they'll be like, it'll get done. Mm -hmm. It'll get done. You'll like no one. Because no it's one is sitting here. A, it, 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 you make a living off of it now too. So there's money involved, right? Yeah, I have I mean, a day I job. I do have a day job. I don't make yeah. that much, but like it's allowed me like right now, um, it's just allowed me to pay off some of my debt. You know, like I had credit card yeah. debt, student loan debt, and now I have a car note because my car broke down. So now I have that. So it's like, um, so it just allows me some financial relief so that like my salary is not going all to, you know, everything. Yeah. And it helps offset the cost of makeup because, you know, makeup is extremely expensive. Um, so it helps, yeah. you know, to offset it, you know, especially when I'm sent things, it helps because I'm, I'm able to kind of share with my audience things. Um, but yeah, keeping people I just around started me. getting sent things. It's really fun. It is. It's a lot of fun. Isn't it? You're like, like, oh my God, thank you. Especially if it's you're a fun. person who's humble. It's very, it's even more humbling when, when that happens. Cause when I receive yeah. things, I, I feel very blessed. I'm like to think that like literally two years ago, no, none of these makeup companies even knew who the hell I was. And the yeah. fact that like they reached out and they're like, Hey, we'd love to add you to PR. We want to send you products. Like these types of things like that, that warms my heart because that's you believing in my artistry. Um, and that, you know, that, that, that's awesome. You know, that's a great feeling. That's, that's awesome. But what, what do you see long-term? Like, where do you see yourself like five years from now? Like how, cause we don't really know like where TikTok's going to go. Right, we don't know. Right. It like, could be taken away tomorrow future. for all we know. And that's why I yeah, say I mean, never I, make your purpose derivative off of these things for that reason. A hundred percent. You know, but what I, what I see too, and I love what you're saying is I have, like, I'm a huge fan of Jeff Lewis. I don't mm. know if you know, like the, yes, I listen course. to him every day. He yeah. makes me laugh so hard. And he had these two TikTokers on and they're a couple, they're a gay couple. And I could tell, like, they're like, we bought this, like, mansion in the valley and like i can't they're very very handsome and young i can't remember their names but it was like everything was about their tiktok and you could tell and the difference between like what you're saying is like it doesn't this is not your pr sole purpose in life mm -hmm. and the other difference is like you're if when my hopefully my listeners and they will um, follow you, you'll see that it's like positive messages, which is what I love. And I want, I personally, like I'm the lady on social media that will like hit the weird I'm Facebook things where it's like holding up the signs and you're like, that is fake. That is not real. Right. You know what I'm talking about? But yes. I still, hit, I love yes. anything. Copy page drive me crazy. They, they oh, they're so, and they're all so bad. They're like, the acting is like horrible. And you know, but some some like old lady in a nursing home is watching that being like, what? He didn't know that he was adopted. <laughs> like, you know, they're seeing all the signs. Right. You know. Right. Um, But where so to, to, sorry for the long winded question, You're but fine. where do you see yourself in five years? In five years, what I ideally would love is um to have a, a solid platform or a following um, where like my my dream thing is to I've always like. This, what we're doing here, this conversating and having open dialogue about things that maybe scare a lot of people to dive into conversation or maybe they get defensive, you know, like certain, you know, people sometimes shy away from conversations because of that. I would love to have something where it's like a red table talk 
where I have all walks of life come on. They tell their story. Um, but then I glam them up afterwards. Like, I don't know something about taking. Can I come on? Oh yes, of course. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm telling you, if you're ever in New York or Philly or Jersey, or just in the tri-state area. Or you have, or you need to come out to LA or or that actually I'm going to San Francisco in December. Okay. You could make a little trip to West Hollywood. I I can can try and I can try and make that happen. You know, that little trek, you know, maybe jump Um, on the, on the train and we could go to the Abbey. We could go to Hamburger Mary. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Um, I am totally, totally game for that. And that's what I would love is to, for people like, especially, um, I know it sounds kind of weird, but like, especially abuse victims, mental health, um, survivors, abuse survivors, anything like that, cancer survivors, even anything that you just have a story where like people who may be exasperated from hope from your same journey would really benefit from hearing. And cause I love the red table talks. I think that there's something really vulnerable and insightful about them, just like this conversation. So I would love to have that where it's an element of music, socializing, and also just like this, like Oprah, Jada Pinkett, you know, moment. So I would love to be a talk show host. Um, um, by the way, I see it for you. I don't, I don't usually like find people on social media and go, I need to talk to that person. <laughs> um, that's real. Honestly. I mean, I've been doing this over a year. You have that. I can tell you have that special something about you. And let me tell you a little secret. Like, a year and a half ago or whenever it was where I was like, you know what? I want to start a podcast. I think that I have something to say. I didn't like think five people would want to listen to me. And then it's like my platform sounds similar to what you want to do, where it's all about like helping people like trauma and doing the right thing. And I, I think, I mean, I would watch your show. You're gorgeous. You're you're well spoken. Thank you so um, much. I love the makeup element. You're so there's I see like really big things for you, Joelle. I, I really do. I, I hope so. Like and if it's meant to be, I trust that it in fact will be. You know, I, I will do whatever I feel in my spirit to make sure that that happens for myself. But either which way, whether I mean, I'm not to sound pessimistic, but even if it doesn't happen, I'm a very happy person with things like this where I get to literally just talk with people whom I never would have met had it not been for literally makeup, social media, all that stuff. Yeah. So, so just it's yeah. So thank you. That is immensely sweet and immensely validating. So thank you so much. Well, I, I loved, I loved meeting you and I knew there was a reason I was supposed to talk to you today. Um, I wasn't like feeling my like 100% self because mm. I just had that surgery. I, but I literally was like, so I told Danny, I was so looking forward to meeting and talking to you. I can just tell you're this amazing spirit and, and I, we were supposed to meet. Um, and don't worry. I really will hit you up to help me with TikTok. <laughs> yes, no, really. I'm, th- uh, please do not shy away from it. Uh, like, you're seriously open. In the you're future. so sweet. Um, but I, I just really want to thank you again. Where can you just tell me again where um, my listeners can find you? Yes. Okay. So you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at It's Me Joel C. And that's I T S M E J O E L C as in cat. Um, so yeah, feel free, hit me up. I try to answer pretty much every single DM I get. Um, it may take me a while, but I promise I'm I love interacting with anybody and Giving Do you answer advice. the mean ones? 
Uh, the main ones, no, I actually usually screenshot them and I use them for TikTok posts. You know, I love. Oh my god, I little, love it. Yeah, I do little roast oh, TikToks and whatnot. They, those get those are the ones that get me hate. Because, yes. you know, people who are bigoted don't want to be called out. But but I lo- but I love it. It's I mean, fun. The more we call people, if and you're it's having also... fun saying hurtful things to me, I'm going to have fun clowning the hurtful thing that you said to me. I mean, that's just what's going to happen. And and I like to say this a lot um, to quote Dr. Seuss, um, those that those that matter don't mind and those that mind don't matter. Right. And that's on period. Yeah, that is yeah. on period, girl. That is spot on. Um, well, and RuPaul says, if they ain't paying your bills or ain't laying in your bed, don't pay them hoes no mind. That's oh, my God. Thing. I love RuPaul. Yeah. Oh. Ru's great. Um, well, in closing, thank you so much. I think you're amazing. Remember, everyone, be kind. Um, my new close to my show is a quote from my dad. My dad used to say this all the time. Be happy by making other people happy. And Joelle, you're doing that. And I love you. And I'm hoping that this is the start to a budding friendship. And I'm so thankful that you came on. I echo the same sentiments to you, Megan. Thank you so much. It's been an honor. And to everybody listening, exactly like Megan said, stay nice, be nice, and be that change you want to see, y'all. Love it. Hello. Did you hear me in the beginning of the show? I hope you heard me because I'm going to tell you about something called Instacart. If you have never heard of Instacart, Where have you been living? I mean, where are you living? Are you living under a rock somewhere? It is the most amazing thing I have ever experienced in my life. I'm not lying because I hate, well, I love to shop. Everyone knows I love to shop, but I hate to shop for groceries. Like I said, I don't want to see Brenda or Karen in the grocery store. This way I can avoid seeing them. I can avoid maybe running in my cart into their carts, maybe accidentally on purpose. And instead I get everything delivered to my house. Look out my ring video doorbell. And if you go to judgingmegan.com forward slash Instacart, you can get free delivery on any order over $35 if you're a first time user. So I'm not kidding. Go get the app. Go get, do you have an iPhone? Everyone has an iPhone. Get, except my mom. Pat maybe doesn't have an iPhone, but we're working on it. Get out your phone. Download Instacart. It's a lifesaver. And again, I don't want to see Brenda and neither do you.